Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to talk about how the party met? <laughs> yeah, I was late one night in the tavern. There was a guy in the corner. Oh, no, I meant like... before that. Right. <laughs> like a prelude? Oh, cue music. <laughs> And welcome to another fine episode of Panda Talking Games. I am your host, who is foreshadowing things to come, Phil. And I am your other host, who is discovering backstories, Senda. Th- and, uh, well, we're here. We're doing a show tonight. <laughs> um... I think we've hinted at it, but why don't you tell us where our topic comes from tonight? What? Would you say that I have foreshadowed it? <laughs> uh, I think I think I think the opening foreshadowed it. Oh, indeed. Well, anyway, good. So the question tonight is: um, we we were asked to talk about how hints. Uh, we have oh boy! How wow. do I translate this into the sentence that I was saying? Let me let me just try that one more time. Sure. So. Um, A.D. and David on Twitter asked us to talk um, about hints and strategies on running player preludes before a campaign begins. Fantastic. That makes complete sense to me. (laughs) Also, A.D. and David is, uh, that's just, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Right there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Bonus points. Bonus points to the House of David um, (laughs) for, for such a creative Twitter name. I like that. Uh, yeah, I like uh, I like preludes. Um, I, I dig them. I've done them before. You've done a bunch of them. Um, a, a lot of them. You've done a right. lot of preludes. So we're we're actually going to expand this slightly um, because most of the most of the things that I've done with foreshadowing and origin story stuff have well, they've frequently been flashbacks instead of preludes. So we're going to talk about inserting preludes not necessarily before a campaign. We're going to talk about campaign before campaign and like. Mid campaign, yeah, gonna, it's fine. We're, we're gonna just, we're gonna we're, use the flexibly on that point. Yeah, we're definitely going to cover David's question, so we'll talk about him in the structure of using it before campaigns. But mm-hmm. uh, we will also talk about the alternative structure of dealing with it after the campaign has begun, and yes. I, and we can talk about um, when we get to it. We'll talk about advantages for both. I did not write that in the notes, but That's we will fine. talk. We can we'll just talk about advantages to both because there are reasons why. Uh, there are reasons why you might want to do it before a campaign, and there are reasons why you might want to do it after the campaign's kicked off. Both are valid, yeah. but they are two tools in the toolbox. True. Yep. All right. So to get started, let's just do um, a couple quick definitions, right? Uh, prelude by dictionary is an action or event serving as an introduction to something more important. That mm-hmm. makes that makes sense. Yes. Um, the RPG definition, uh, which is kind of my interpretation of the dictionary definition through gaming terms, is uh, scenes or mini adventures that take place before the start of a story or a campaign. And then again, we'll talk about it in flashback mode about how you can have um, those scenes uh, be visited later in the campaign by using the flashback tool. Mm hmm. 
Uh, and if you want a good reference for um, preludes, I would say that you, uh, one of the easiest um, ways to check it out is look at uh, any James Bond movie. The opening of the James Bond movie always opens in a prelude. There's always a thing going on. Um, it's usually in media res. It is usually pretty action-packed. Um, and when it ends, the title credits start. Yep. So. It is, um, it is a great prelude. It is the kind of the kickoff to the story, so to speak. Yes. Um, I'm a huge fan of them in James Bond movies. They're a lot of fun. It's, um, and from, you know, from a movie um, point of view, it's a really nice way to kind of uh, whet your appetite for things to come because we have like a little bit of action. And then, you know, we have our title sequence and then we switch into like something a little slower as we kind of uh, build up a narrative. So it's kind of a neat way to do it. And it's become kind of a it's become very tropey in uh, in James Bond movies. So I know I just I, I have the moment of just like remembering him like falling through the water as the oh, yeah. like, credits play. Like that's yeah. the, that's the specific glimpse that keeps the vision mm-hmm. that keeps jumping into my mind as you're talking about it. Yep. Anyway, carry on. Um, yeah, and I mean, we see this, you know, we like we see this in a lot of um, in a lot of different things. If we if we look at um, if we look at various movies for origin stories and things like that, you kind of see these preludes um, as different characters, kind of you know, as we switch to different characters, and then like they eventually come together as a group, and then they go do group stuff. So that's kind of what you're doing in your campaign. So it's perfectly fine to kind of model this after some uh, different types of media, and uh, yeah. Why don't we get into um, the topic of what what can preludes actually do for you? Like, why would you like why do a prelude in the first place? Right? Like, why not just um, why not just sit around and kind of talk? You know, sit around, and be like, cool. Let's uh, let's talk about how you guys met before we get started. Right? And like, not even like, why play it out? What's the, yeah. there are some there are some reasons for doing it. Yeah. Um, so what? Why don't you? Why don't we start naming some off and talking about them? Sure. Um, so I, I think, uh, I think a good one is like warm ups for players, being like, you, you know, when you first pick up a character, you you created them on paper, right? And maybe you have relationships, and you might have like a whole big backstory, right? Like, you might have spent a long time really thinking about this character, but like until you sit down at the table and open your mouth and interact with other characters at the table. Sometimes it's hard to really feel or like get a feel for how this is actually going to play, right? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes like even if you have like a reasonable idea of your character, even voice or attitude or whatever, um, you also haven't seen the rest of the table yet. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, as a warm up, it's a great uh, way to deal with it. Now, I'm. it's funny because I think I'm the opposite of you. Like I don't actually put a lot of thought um, initially into my characters, I kind of pick one or two grabbable things and go. So I, preludes so, are great for me in this respect because it's like, well, let me warm up on these couple of, of bits that I've grabbed. So um, actually, I, I think um, I, I can go either way with characters and there really definitely are times that I'm like, well, I know that, for example, uh, you know, I okay, this is a one-shot D&D game and I just need something to kind of grab onto so that I have a thing to play out. And so I'm like, cool, she's going to be like something magic user-y, a wizard or whatever, and she's going to be kind of loosely based on the idea of um, 
um, um, Entrapta, right? Okay, cool. We'll see if anyone notices, right? Like, let's just see how the hell this works at the table. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Like... No, I'm I'm definitely guilty of that, right? right? So I'm definitely guilty of of um jumping into a character and being like, uh, gruff barbarian? Sure. And yeah, how does that it, you know, work? <laughs> right, which which kind of gruff am I? Am I cranky? Am I like old man, like I've seen it all, kind of annoyed gruff? Like, I don't know, yep. Let's uh let's hit the table. Let's find out. So Yeah, let's just see how it plays off of everybody else. Yeah, so the preludes are great for kind of getting you into your character, right? Like, this is your first kind of embodiment of the character. Maybe the first time you're kind of getting into your voice or your mindset, those kinds of things. And it's kind of cool to do that before you've, like, dropped into the middle of a heavy story. Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You give me a blank look because Shira. <laughs> yes, that's... I got that's a thing I have to go and watch. That's it a, really, really is. Just saying. Okay, uh, moving right along. Cool. So hand in hand with you as a player, getting more familiar with how your character is going to play at the table is establishing competency um, for your character as a character, right? Yeah. Meaning like, you know, it gives you the chance to go in and be like, yes, I am really good at this thing. Right? I'm going to go demonstrate my prowess at picking locks for this heist game or whatever it is. Or like, we're going to zoom in. <laughs> we're going to zoom in on Phil's character. And he's really focused in and he's doing this amazing, like super complicated lock picking thing on a giant safe. And as the door clicks open, he pops his gum and then he slides the door open. <laughs> Just Yeah, I mean... If you want a good example of establishing competency through preludes, look at the beginning of Ocean's Eleven. Yes. Um, right. Ocean's Eleven, you meet every character while they're establishing competency. Yes. Almost every character. Uh, no, no, I take that back. Every character. I can make an argument for every character is establishing competency when uh, you meet them uh, in the story, right? So, like, the, 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 um, the, the brothers are racing on the drag strip mm -hmm. um, basher is actually cracking a safe when he you know when he gets busted and then sprung and all that stuff so um yeah you want um what you call it so establishing competency is cool right because we're often playing protagonists in a story and you want to like have that one the player likes to have that feeling but two you kind of also want to show off to the other players like this is what my character's about this is my thing this is my deal yeah this is my niche or yeah. this is my method of dealing with you know with with uh, challenges that kind of thing yep yeah 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 it's very good yeah so then also hmm always a good time right like origin stories so you can do individual origin stories meaning like we're gonna play um you know this particular character's origin story um or you can also do group or multiple origin stories so you can say um so it could be everybody's origin story together or it could be like these two their origin story right yeah, so um, you can go a couple different ways with this, right? So, for instance, for origin stories, we could do a little bit of a in, in a prelude. You know, we can see um, we can see the wizard, uh, you know, the the first level wizard uh, finishing up with their master before being sent out 
into the world, right? We can play out that scene like as the as the you know arch wizard is like says like you know you know I have taught you enough to you know to get started in this world i cannot teach you more until you have experienced magic personally you know here is you know here is a you know here's a bag of spell components here is a wand um don't come back until you know don't come back until you've researched three spells of your own and send them out like that's a scene we could play and so what we get to see in that scene is we we learn that um this character has a mentor we learn some stuff about the mentor. We learn some stuff about how they learned wizardry. And we kind of learn um, what their kind of early goals are going to be in the game. Yeah. And you can also use that sort of scene to establish like how good or bad they are at what they do. So again, yeah, confidence you know, can be part of this, right? Yeah. And then if we're talking about group or multiples, right, then we're talking about like how did the characters meet, right? Because... You can sometimes just hand wave this and be like, you could be like the beginning of Dragonlance, right? Where they yeah. all just, well, seriously, like the no, beginning of Dragonlance, right? They all, all start in the tavern yeah. and they all know each other. Well, and they don't later, even start in the tavern. They start with all of the scenes of going to the tavern to sure, meet they, each other. Actually, they all start walking into the tavern. Yeah. Right, right. We don't see anything before. Like we just kind of, I think we see a little no, bit no, before No, no, yeah, because that. there's like, I th- it doesn't like... Oh my god, it's been so long. I feel right, like right. somebody so runs into the Dragonlance people are like they're, <laughs> they're like dying. clawing at their I, like phones. I haven't they're read like, these books these in like fifteen years, and I'm trying to reconstruct Stop. the first chapter. Right? Stop like I'm like talking <laughs> about Dragonlance, you two. You I haven't read it in eons. I distinctly yep. remember that like we get a scene that has Flint and Tass in it before they get to the inn and I think like Tannis stumbles across them and they're all walking that direction or something like I don't know I don't remember I, I should I remember, just go reread this I remember part. we Fisman, keep referencing like, I, it I remember Fisbin's like arranging the seats in yes, the tavern yes. right and he's and like oh it's there. a big he's yeah. like it's a big night tonight Like you, he's like you don't know <laughs> Aww, he's like it's a big Fisban. night <laughs> what's it oh Fisban I'm yeah. just a little heart right just love you heart. okay so anyway, um, but you're right. But, but the point being, the chapter. point being is, the point being, <laughs> yes, to slow us back down. The point yes. being is that, um, in those cases, that story starts very close to the beginning of, um, it starts very close to the beginning of that story. We don't actually do any scenes about the past five years. Right. We just see everybody like about to walk in, um, so. That's so that's a way of not doing a prelude, right? So then doing the prelude is like talking about like cool, how you know, like how do you two characters come to be friends or how does the group come together? How do you all get your superpowers? You know, if you're the Fantastic 4, you have kind of a group origin story like, oh, we took this rocket into space and we got bombarded with cosmic rays and now we're, you know, now we're superheroes. Yeah. Like, can I so can I tell a gaming story really quickly? Always. That applies to the origin story stuff and and to some of the ones that we're going to talk about in a second. So um, one of my favorite origin stories that or that we ever played out at my table was actually it was my character's individual origin stories story, but it was before she was born. So it was her parents. But like what it did was it was how her parents met and got together, which ended up being like how it tied a bunch of the other characters in the group together by them getting together. And then they're gone and dead 
but they left me behind and I'm left with the people that they brought together. Right. So like that was, that was the story of the people on this ship. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Not all of them, but like, it was a bunch of us were tied together by this story. So like I was being raised by my uncle, um, that, who had, you know, been there when my parents met and like tried to stop them from flying through the gate into the nothingness and you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah, but that's like one of my favorite origin stories and my character wasn't even in it, but it was definitely her origin story because it was how she came to be. But like we ended it with the whole ship, like with all the people on it and my parents flew through the gate into the void and then, like, ten years later, it flew back out, and it only had my uncle and me in it, and we don't know what happened in there, right? Like, right? <laughs> no yeah, one knows. Great. And it was fantastic. So I like throwing that out there because that one, um, that one, I think, was uh, really fantastic, both because it ended up being an individual or origin story, it ended up being a group origin story because it was why we were together and how we had that spaceship. Um, and why the spaceship was named after my mom. Um, and, um, and then on top of that, it was also our next point, which is foreshadowing, which is another way that you can use preludes is to set up stuff that you're going to connect back to in the campaign. And for us in that particular story, we ended up then connecting back to all of these moments with my mom. Like she was famous. People knew her. And I was getting old enough to start looking like her. Um, which was, there was a lot of foreshadowing about the fact that we ended up going back through that gate. Um, that was like, we went back through, we don't know what happened. That was where we ended the campaign. Um, and also like, we found out I wasn't actually my mom's child. I was actually a clone of my mom, right? Like, so we were foreshadowing sure. that, like all of that stuff was really cool. Very interesting and super neat. And the really my favorite thing about it is what ended up happening is that I learned a ton of stuff about my character that I did not plan and had no idea going in, right? I did not plan to be a clone. Um, I didn't know anything about my mom except that she was dead. Um, I didn't, um, you know, have any of that background. So like I went into this being like, I don't know, I'm like upstart, flashy, teen, hotshot pilot kid, Right. Like, half based on, um, what's her name, adorable from Firefly, Kaylee. and sure, sure. And, and half just, like, Han Solo, right? Like, that was me. <laughs> like, half Kaylee, half Han Solo, but, like, teen. And, um, and then, like, I just, like, it became this wild journey that led us into a lot of the story we ended up telling in the campaign about discovering that I was a clone and that my uncle knew that I didn't, like, all of this sure. stuff, right? Um, anyway... That was a great game. Sorry, sidetrack. Moving right along. So foreshadowing is another fantastic way to use preludes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we can, we can in the course of the prelude, we can start putting down hints of things to come in the main story. Yeah. Right? Like that's a, you know, and, and you know, we can do this, um, you know, while doing some of the other things that we've already talked about, we can have the prelude also foreshadow things. And we don't have to do it for every character, we can do it for one character, some characters. Like, I, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. After we get through this last one, let's just do this last one, and then sure. I want to talk about some of the. I want to talk about a couple things before we get into the other bullet that we have there. Sure. Um, 
Yeah. The, can I, I'm going to just add one more thing to foreshadowing, which sure. is foreshadowing is another really cool way to use um, preludes slash flashbacks um, in the middle of a campaign because if you ever feel like you're not um, confident that you're bringing in all the drama or something like that to the storyline, like the fact that we played that prelude and it didn't happen at the beginning of that particular game. It happened a couple sessions in, um, but it changed the course of how we considered the rest of the game because it recontextualized what was happening. Right. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to unpack a little bit. Of oh, that okay, cool. Carry on. <laughs> so the last thing that a prelude can help do is it can help actually everyone practice the rules. Yeah. If right? you play the rules of the actual game <laughs> and we'll talk about that in a second, but if you, if you are, if you want to get a few warm-up rolls in, a simple combat, a couple skill checks, um, those kinds of things, a prelude is a great place to kind of put some of those in. And we'll talk about why, we'll talk about that that's not always necessary, but it is definitely an objective of having a prelude. Yeah, it might be oh. your primary objective if nobody's played this game before, to have a practice run, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So now let me just say a thing about symmetrical and asymmetrical preludes. Yes. Um, and then I want to talk about preludes versus flashbacks. Sure. Okay? Yes. So hold preludes versus flashbacks. Okay. I'm going to talk about <laughs> symmetrical and asymmetrical um, preludes. Okay. So symmetrical preludes means that you have um, an idea for a prelude and everybody gets the same kind of prelude. Okay. okay, so like yep. everybody's going to do um, everybody's going to do their origin story. Yeah. Right. And we're going to go around the table and we're going to do everybody's origin story. And that's our prelude. And it's symmetrical. Right. Meaning all players get the the same general experience, even though it will be um, their, you know, it'll be their experience. So maybe I want to do an origin story. Plus, I want to do some practice rules. Um you know, the wizard, I'm going to make sure they cast a spell. And the fighter, I'm going to let them have a simple combat. And the thief, I'm going to have them pick a lock, right? It's it's contextually different, but it's symmetrical in that I'm giving everybody a little bit of the same thing. Yes. Asymmetrical preludes are that you can totally not do that. And you can actually um, decide what you want each character to have out of their prelude. And just do that part. Yeah. Like... You know, perhaps a character has a, a, a mysterious background and you don't want to do an origin story for them. You instead want to just do some foreshadowing um, and maybe some practice rules or you want to do foreshadowing and let them do some role playing. But for some of the other players, you actually you absolutely want to do how these two characters met. Yes. Um, those kinds of things. So you don't have to. It's not a one size fits all kind of thing. It is uh, more work to do asymmetrical preludes because you're going to have to kind of decide what each character gets out of their prelude and kind of, and then write them up individually. Um, whereas if you, you know, are going to do symmetrical, they're all going to basically have the same structure and you're just going to change the bits for the characters. Right. So that it fits their niche. Yeah. So that's, that's, um, that's symmetrical versus asymmetrical preludes. And then the other piece I want to talk about is flashbacks versus preludes. So, um, there's room for both of these in a game. They're not mutually exclusive. You can totally have a prelude at the beginning of a game and still have flashbacks. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, or you could use either or neither, both, whatever. Right. So I, I'm, I'm trying really hard. Like, I think we try very hard to explain, like, there's no one way to do these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but take the pieces you like, I think, is our philosophy. The reason you do a prelude 
is often you are on ramping into the game. So you don't want to just drop in media res, and sometimes you do, but for whatever reason you don't want to, that's been your decision as a GM. You're about to kick off this campaign and you're like, you know, I don't really want to in media res. And maybe that's because um, you need to warm up on the rules. And it's nice to have these preludes, which are lighter and like a little more controlled where you can kind of ease into the rules. Um, you might be doing it because you kind of want to flesh out the characters a bit more before you drop into the main story, that kind of thing. So think of a prelude as an on-ramp. The prelude is you're doing the prelude because you are satisfying some needs that you and the group have before the action hits, right? And so that's a perfectly valid way to do it. The flashback is a tool for filling in details that have yet to come up or like you said, adding new context to situations, right? And it's a great literary tool where we can drop right into the action. We can go up to a point, then flash back, go, you know, play that flashback, which then changes our understanding of everything that we've just experienced up to the flashback. Mm -hmm. And change and the then proceed through forward. the story. Yeah, yeah. So that's another valid tool to use, and it winds up being like a prelude because all the things that you can do in a prelude are the kinds of things you can do with a flashback. Yes, we can flash back to how uh, the wizard left his master. Yep. Like that's a thing we can flash back, and maybe. It's, you know, maybe we do it as a, as the on-ramp into the story or as a flashback, we see the wizard after you, after the party has attacked this other wizard um, and defeated, you know, some evil wizard that our current wizard like runs over and rips out pages from the spell book. Right. And then you we know, flash it, back to why the heck he's doing that. Right. Like, why is that <laughs> so important? Right. Now it's time for a good flashback. Yeah. Um, and with flashbacks... Um, so with preludes, because you're doing it before the action starts, you kind of do all the preludes at once with flashbacks. You can do flashbacks for individual characters all throughout the story. You don't have to do all the flashbacks at once. You can yes. like play for a bit and we can do send us flashback. Then we go play for a bit more and do Schmitty's flashback at a different time because it, it it's going to add a different piece. Yeah. Or you can just do what we tend to do. Which is, we're in the middle of a campaign and someone can't make it tonight. I guess we're going to play a flashback. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a great <laughs> but way it's to great, That's right? a great way to play without, um, without advancing the main storyline because yeah. you're missing players, but yet still have the opportunity to play and build upon things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think okay. we've talked about that separately. So I'm sorry because some of this might be a no, repeat okay. of that episode. But anyway, moving right along. Shall we talk about. Anyway, it's good. Yeah, should we talk about tips? For, General tips. For player preludes. Yes. Um, so the first one is, um, I'm going to say, like, know your purpose, right? From the list that we provided above, when you're setting up your prelude, and again, make this interchangeable for flashback. I just don't want to say it yep, over. Like, times. I don't want to say both of them going forward. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, know your purpose. What is the purpose for each character? What is the purpose of this prelude? Yeah. Why are we doing this? Yep. Cool. What's another tip? Um, preludes are something 
and this is easy because flashbacks happen, you know, mid-campaign, but preludes are something that come after session zero still, right? And the key there is that you still have sat down, created the expectations of your table, the table culture, and talked safety before you're playing these preludes, right? When we say prelude, we don't mean bypass all of that, play this, and then talk about the stuff later. No, you're still playing the game at the table. You still have to establish all of this stuff before you play the prelude. Just yeah. Just do it. The safety part's the most important part, right? You you don't want to just be like, well, we're going to start playing some preludes and then, you know, we'll do our session zero afterwards. Like that's do, do your, do your session zero and you don't have to do your character creation in session zero. If you want to do your preludes um, before or during character creation, we'll talk about that in a second, but you got to go do the safety expectation and all of that. You got to have communicated all the table, important stuff. The most key among those things being safety. Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. Uh, Next one is um, decide if you actually need to roll dice during your prelude. So I'm I'm in the middle of reading I Hunt, um, which is fantastic. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. And they have as actually a first session, they do what's called a pilot episode, which is essentially a prelude. And the one of the rules in it is you actually don't roll dice during the pilot. You just say what happens. Yeah. Uh, With the idea that dice are fickle mechanics are somewhat heavier and what we're really trying to achieve in this prelude is to kind of understand how the players come together how they how they have hunted something together who they are uh that kind of thing and so um you don't roll dice you just talk it out and to establish competency just calling that one back yeah right it's pretty easy to be competent if you don't have to roll the dice yeah i mean i will say from my perspective most of the most of the flashbacks that we've played almost all of them i would say have been played in when racials yes which you can now get in love and resistance so if i've been talking about it for ages and you're still going send where can i find this game you keep talking about it's in love and resistance and the problem is that we took the um, scene structure and bent it into anything we wanted to um, at the table so it's not exactly as written but you know we so we played pretty much all of our flashbacks and yes yes is essentially a scene structure it does not have any dice rolls yeah right so it is something where we can specifically basically group tori storytell Tori Stell. <laughs> we can basically group Tori Stell our way through like whatever that flashback is, and we have complete control over it because we're not at the whims of the dice in those situations. Yeah, and just as a note here, right? So Senda keeps talking about this uh, using yes for flashbacks. That's implying that Senda's using a completely different game system <laughs> to play the flashback from the prelude and that's kind of the same way of using something like microscope to build out the uh, structure of your campaign world before you actually start the campaign now you can do that you can go to another system and do your prelude or you can do your prelude or flashback in In the the system system. that you're playing yeah and i and i've done i've done both i have also played microscope to like jump from our um uh, 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 oh, uh, shoot! The children, the children in the mysteries with the aliens. Um, oh, well, I think you might mean tales from the loop, you. but it's hard to. We were trying to jump from tales from the loop to things from the flood, so we did a microscope in between to see what happened during the intervening ten years, right? So it was yeah. like our 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 prelude to the the next campaign of those characters was that we sat down and did that timeline. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I just wanted to note that as well, right? So it's totally valid to use another system or yeah, it's or completely not. fine to use the system. Whatever yeah. makes the most sense. And it depends on, again, knowing what you're going for from doing the prelude. Because if what you're going for is to practice the rules, you don't want to do it in a different system. On, uh, Correct. Obviously. Again, know, what you, know your purpose. Know your purpose. Sorry. Yep. Just going back to this stuff. Cool. Um, next one? Yeah. The next one is... So, and, and this is just a, a thing that's always true when it's short and sweet, right? Preludes need to be simple plots. Um, even if they can have multiple objectives, but this should be something that you can play um, in um, anywhere from like a scene to a one shot, but it probably isn't longer than that. Because if it's longer than that, this is really its own campaign. It's no longer you've entered you've entered you've entered like a full story arc or something. Right, which is a kind yeah. of a different beast. Like you could absolutely have a flashback or something that was, you know, an entire arc in and of itself, but that accomplishes a very different purpose than what we're actually talking about here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another another tip in this one also comes from iHunt, right? Your prelude can um, occur before you complete character gen. Yeah. So actually in iHop, and uh, not iHop, iHop good, <laughs> iHop all pancakes, iHunt. Well, I wonder how many times I'll do that in the future. IHOP You're going to be, oh yeah, I'm totally running iHop tonight and everybody will be like. Oh my God, I'm running what? the pancake campaign. Pancake <laughs> Oh, I could go for some pancakes right now. I have so many pancakes in my refrigerator. Anyway, keep going. Anyway, all right. So when I hunt, um, <laughs> and this is actually true for fate, right? So fate, like fate in general, because I hunt is a fate game. Fate in general um, allows this, which is you don't actually have to pick all your skills and your aspects and stunts before you start playing the game. You can fill them in on the fly. So part of what um, you do with the pilot episode is that you use the pilot episode to help you figure out what some of those choices are. Yep. So like as you're playing, you're like, oh, cool. I think I'm going to hack that. And then you're like, oh, you know what? I think I'll just take a plus two and hack. Right. Maybe I like, should have that skill. I Maybe I should have that skill, right? So you can do that in your own prelude is like you don't actually have you can start character gen but not finish it. And then do the prelude. And then um, during, like, as you play, you can have players, like, figure out, like, oh, you know what? Probably be helpful if I had a couple of points in um, rope use. I mean, mm. I myself can never have enough points in rope use, but that's just me. Anyway, what's our next uh, tip? Um, you can also allow people to um, make changes or do fixes and tweaks after the prelude or the flashback, right? I will say specifically in this case, or the flashback, right? Because flashback yeah. recontextualizes some stuff. People may yep. realize in context of the flashback that they have actually mechanically not supported what happened in the flashback. And the same thing for the prelude. They may build their character if you build them all the way up before the prelude and then you pre play the prelude and they're like, yikes, that didn't quite do what I expected it to do based on the story. Like let people have a little tweaky space right in there because it's a reasonable time to let them just make that all match up. I myself, personally, when I'm running a campaign, allow that to happen in the first four sessions of the campaign. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I actually will allow players to um, make minor changes to their characters within the first four ch episodes of the campaign because what did you know at the point yeah. you made your character, Yeah, like right? you, didn't, you like, didn't know all the rules and you didn't know how the thing that you wrote down was going to actually play. And then you're like, wait, that exactly. doesn't match up with me at yeah. all. 
Yeah. So it's good. I, I always I always allow people within the first four episodes, like, look, if you got to change a thing, a skill, a stat, whatever, even if you want to make wholesale changes, like you want to change your character class, like whatever, like in the first four sessions, I don't hold continuity too tightly. Um, and because, again, it's that, um, you know, drive it before you buy it kind of thing. Yep. Okay. Um, another one is um, if you're going to do individual preludes right so you're not going to do group or origin like origin stories or group you know pair off people or whatever but you're going to do a prelude with each character before you know you kick into the campaign then um going hand in hand with simple plots um you're going to have to manage the table with kind of an aggressive spotlight and what i mean by that is if you've got five people at the table and you've got five separate origin stories one you got to get through all of them so that's why you want to make them fairly simple. But two, four people are not having an origin story while one of them is. Now, you could pull some people in for NPCs and stuff. That's also fun. But they're still not having their origin story. Yeah. So you're going to want to get that spotlight cooking around the table, right? Get a, you know, you want to like open up and like start talking with Senda. Then bam, I'm cutting over to Schmitty. Then I'm cutting over to Tony. I'm coming back to Senda. Like around you know just moving the spotlight around the table so that by the end of your session you've gotten through everybody's prelude yeah because you're uh, but you have not gone sequentially through everyone's prelude. yeah because you're essentially managing a split party is what you're doing you yeah. have to treat it like that um and that's definitely a situation in which like not everybody is going to get a whole one shot while everyone else sits and stares about their backstory right now, Correct. the part of the reason that I love using the game Yes um, for flashbacks and preludes kind of stuff is because everybody plays and it's GMless, so everybody is constantly involved, and um, you are not actually not allowed to play the same character twice in a row in the in the, the official rules, and so everybody's constantly like passing around characters and playing things and being involved. Um, and the exception that we make to those rules is if we're playing the flashback for a specific character, letting that person play that character since it's theirs. Um, but yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, um, yeah. So basically, but that's again, if you're using different, um, if you jump out of your system mechanically um, to do a flashback in a different system. Sure. Sure. Uh, last tip. Uh, is um, your prelude can, may, or may not uh, connect to the main plot. Right. So um, you can have your prelude uh, be completely independent of the main plot. That is, um, we just play the prelude, and then, um, you know, after the preludes are all played, uh, then we jump into the main plot. It has nothing to do with anyone's prelude. Or we can have the preludes leading up to the main story, um, or if we're doing this asymmetrically, somebody in the group, their prelude leads to the main story and everyone else just gets kind of pulled in for other reasons. So um, don't feel like your prelude has to on-ramp you directly into your first story. Your prelude can just be what it is. Um, and again, that's going to go back to understanding what your goal is with the prelude. And also the reason why we put um, foreshadowing as one of the options for preludes, because if you are going to connect it to your main story, then foreshadowing is the reason is one of the reasons you have it. Right. That's your purpose. 
Coolio. Good, good. Let's um let's wrap this up. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good number of tips. We we talked about uh, reasons why you would do preludes. We talked about um, symmetrical and asymmetrical preludes, preludes versus flashbacks, and tips for running good preludes. I feel like that's a pretty jam packed. I, um, I feel like we got a lot in there. Yeah, I feel like we got a lot in there in a decent amount of time. So in order for us to get to the closing, we have to get through um, talking about one of the other shows on the Misdirected Mark Network. I see which one you have listed. Would you please tell me a little bit about the Gnomecast? Yes, indeed. On the Gnomecast, a bunch of gnomes get together and talk about cool gaming stuff and also frequently articles that we've you know written and posted and and more in depth you know thoughts about those things sharing that stuff with each other and having more voices talk about that stuff and like hopefully we do a good enough job that we don't get tossed into the stew pot where apparently there's a trap door that phil just leaves by but i get boiled well yeah but i you know was there when the pot was first put on the fire so (laughs) Because you're old. I was born into it. (laughs) I was born into the stew pot. (laughs) I was there when the stew pot was assembled. I was there when the ingredients were being chopped up. Wow. (laughs) I'm old. You're old. Somewhere I have the email message where I got my invite, my initial invite to to Gnome Stew before it was Gnome Stew. Anyway... (sighs) Senda, where do people find us on the internet? <laughs> so um, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games, and you can find us um, in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. And you can drop us an email if you prefer, panda at misdirectedmark.com, or you could be super snazzy and find us on the Tiki Talkies, um, where I actually use my Twitter handle, but I don't know if Phil has fixed his yet. So, like, be magic and see if you can find him, because it'll be a challenge. Surprise, it's my name. It's a, so it's a treasure luck. hunt. See if you can yes. find Yes. <laughs> Surprise, look for my name. <laughs> anyway, um, and once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Yes, much like A.D. and David, you can uh, ask us a question, leave us a topic, um, pick something for us to postulate upon. Um, We love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. We love hanging out and chatting with each other, but we love it more when the thing that we do on the mics is going to be helpful for other people who are running games. That is what we're here for, is to help you make your games more enjoyable for you and your players. So uh, grab whatever topic or question you have, toss it our way, um, and we will, um, at our whim, so I got to be honest about this, right? Uh, We have a list of them. Senda throws them out in front of me, and I kind of just, whichever one jumps out at me that day is the one that we prep for the show. So please don't feel bad if your topic hasn't come up yet. It's not that we don't love you, because we love all of you, um, but it literally is like whatever spark of creativity lands on a topic, that's the one we wind up prepping for the show. Um, and there's no rhyme or reason to that. Yes, true. None, none there is none what none whatsoever. Um, I have given it thought over the almost five years we've been doing this, but it is literally just a whim. Um, it's whatever makes what's whatever I look at and I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be a good topic to do today. That's how we pick them. So don't feel bad about that. 
If you like what we do here or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. You can go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get access to our Slack Room for Life. That is um, that is basically our bunker that we've been hanging out in during these pandemic times. Um, we have all sorts of rooms for topics. So we have like a, a general area where we all just kind of chit chat about our days. We have, a, you know, channels dedicated to role playing. Uh, we have recipes. You can see like all the great food that people make. You can, um, if you thought that PK Sullivan was just a talented game designer, mm-hmm. you don't even know, <laughs> like you don't even know what, oh what this guy's gosh. cooking. Yeah. PK PK is a talented game designer and and like a a magic pretty chef. awesome looking cook. I I would love to play in a campaign that involved going to PK's house for food. That would be uh <laughs> that would very much be that would be I I don't know which one I would be more excited for playing the game or you know whatever PK cooked up. Anyway, um there's a recipe section. There are more serious sections. We have a section um where we've you know shared information feelings and hardships about covid and politics and all those things the point is it's a great place to come and uh, chat with other people who are also super into um the uh misdirected mark ecosystem and uh you know just good friends uh, and a great place to spend time together can also then um come join us for um, our misdirected mark luncheons on Fridays, uh, which hopefully I'll get to start attending in full after I get my one project done and I can get this uh, I can get this meeting that's on that's been on my schedule for the last couple of weeks off. Yes. Um, yeah, you can do all those things. Uh, there are other things that we have done in the past. I'll admit we don't do as many of them right now um, in the future in terms of giveaways and things like that because we just haven't been making as many new things. but, as a patron, you also get access to the Bamboo Lounge, which is the 15 minutes of nonsense that we come up with at the end of the episode, and the after show, which is uh, like literally whatever is still stuck on our mind when we hit the end of Misdirected Mark. But you get those no, no. as well. Yes, yes. Sorry, yes. Bamboo Lounge. Yeah. <laughs> I already talked about the Bamboo Lounge. I know. I, did it first. I got it. I got it backwards, and then I went, "Wait, we're not misdirected, Mark." And then I was like, "Yes, yes, good. I'm on the mics, but I still messed it up." Carry on. Anyway, <laughs> um, if you're if you're a um, your patronage goes a long way to make all of this possible, and we appreciate it greatly. If you are already patroning the show, thank you very much. We appreciate it greatly. And if you're unable to patron the show, that is totally fine. We understand. There is still one more thing you can do that helps us immensely. Uh, We are always, always, always looking to reach more people uh, because we are pretty convinced that if you listen to us, you will love us. That was last year's tagline. We're sticking with it. Um, Are we not going? There's a new one. We wrote it down. Do you remember? No, but I like both. I mean, yeah, both of them are good. Uh, um, but anyway, point being is that uh, we need help getting people to hear the show. We already assume that you've already told all your friends and family about listening to us and that some of them probably you know, took you up on your advice. So thank you. But also, we need strangers to find us. And there is one surefire way to get strangers to find this podcast, and that is... You can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show because it does things to like the algorithms in fancy magical mysterious ways 
that probably there are people out there who truly understand that, but most of us who actually podcast do not because they don't share that information. We just know that it helps lots. So it'd be great if you would leave us a review. We would much appreciate it. They make us feel warm and fuzzy inside. And then you can use our new slogan, which is your games, more better, more fun. M-O-A-R. More better, more fun. Because we take ourselves so seriously around here. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> uh, say, Senda, uh, for your next... Say, Senda, for your um, Star Trek game that's coming up in the future where you play a trill, uh-huh. uh, what kind of prelude would you like to have? Oh, boy. What a This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. I think I might have been like a half a second ahead of you, but I, well, I'm sure you'll be able to line it up. Yeah, actually, that means that you probably will line up right up with me because like usually you hear the fact I click when I say clicky and you click when you hear me say clicky, which through yes. Zoom is usually about half a second after I actually I think I anticipated it. the clicky this time, clicky. so I just kind of went for it. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I think you'll figure it out. It'll be fine. All righty. Welcome. We're not going to belabor the point. We have a bamboo yeah. lounge to do at the end of this. So yes. um, take out a pen. Yes. Get ready to mark your spot. I, I, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm ready. Okay. I'm going to draw um, a box for it. And in the uh, intro, um, and in the intro, I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be the host who wants to explore his backstory. Um, oh. And you should be one of the other preludes. Actually, I'll be the host that um, I'll be the host that does foreshadowing. You can be the host that explores okay. their backstory. Thank you. That's usually what I'm doing. I know. <laughs> okay. Um, wow! Look at us. We 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 planned it out. Well, that's because for the first time I actually thought of it before wow. we started. Okay. Normally, I don't. Normally, I don't bother. Okay. I'm, Just like I'm the workshop. Of, I'm the in workshop. Shock. The workshop has no lyrics until the music I starts. I know. Till you say it. Okay, are you ready? Workshop! Workshop! Don't suck. <laughs> I love <pumps>. Don't suck. <laughs> okay. Bloop! Do, 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 do,